Look, have mercy on me. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by our good friends at Carmigo, the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. We tell you guys this every single week, but Carmigo could not make it any easier. Before we continue on Carmigo, though, if you go to the link in the description, you get the full sale fee waived, $350. You pay nothing to get your car listed and sold. You literally can't beat that. doesn't get any no, better than that. No, you can't. Worry-free, hassle-free, nationwide network of dealers. You know the drill. You know the drill. Go to the description, click that link, $350 sale fee, completely waived. We got you. We take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. So, as Gabe has mentioned, go to the link or go to the description and click that link. Something yes. like that. Too many words. Nope. Uh, go to the description, click on the link. Fill in some information, a little bit of personal contact information, uh, information on your vehicle. Then you go, you take some pictures, 13 pictures. Carmigo outlines it for you. It doesn't get any easier. You take the pictures, send it in. They finalize it, take care of everything, and they will literally get your car sold in one single day. It, it's it, 13 pictures, right? 13 pictures, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You say pictures. Pic- pictures. Pictures. See, no one says pictures, but pictures. Pit- pictures. You say pictures. Yeah, like a picture or two. Yeah, picture. Picture. Yeah. Picture. But thirteen pictures. Thirteen. To be exact. And they sh- and they line it up for pictures. you. Yes. Make and do. model, whole nine yards. Yep. Year. All, you know what it is. Yeah. yeah. All that. All that. All that information. <laughs> uh, you go in. Like I said, within twenty four hours, you have an offer on your car. They'll come pick it up. They'll hand her the paperwork. Doesn't get any easier. So click that link in the description. Head over to Carmigo. Before we jump into it, Gabe, I want to remind everyone watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, but most of all, subscribe. Right now, stop what you're doing. Stop watching us. Pause it. Click subscribe real quick, and then jump back into it. Yes, Gabriel Kuhn. What's the word, brother? How was the weekend? How you doing? It was good. It was good. Hung was around. This, was this another? It was pretty chill, yeah. yeah. On Friday, had a little get-together to go to, and then Saturday and Sunday, I, we just, me and, me and Taylor laid around the house. She had to get ready for her... Uh, uh, she got jumped into work today, and I think she's doing. Uh, it's kind of funny. She's worked at worked at Baptist East like this will be our fourth time over. You know, like what do you mean? She had various travel contracts, and she was fully employed by them when she first got into nursing, and now she has to go through a fourth round of what? What would you call it? Not initiation. <laughs> initiation. I don't wrong. Know. But uh, uh, the you know, something the first day where you go and they tell you what you're supposed to do the handbook oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah come on come something. on come on it's something not come initi- on not it starts with an I you are right there come uh, on say it I'm trying to get it. I'm trying <laughs> See, to also pull no, it out none of, none of us have this word ready um, <laughs> this is unbelievable not interrogation <laughs> not, that no, that ain't that's it. correct that it's ain't not it. interrogation yeah. um, uh, see? it's like the first day of school like you go uh, yeah. over the summer before yeah the class. syllabus you go through the syllabus and everything let's what just leave it? it initiation guys come on it's something else, bro. What are we we'll doing? Let, we'll let Kenny think on it while we move on. <laughs> it's coming. And you show me your damn... First of all, show everybody these damn slippers you got on. Why? Those are just so cute. Those are beautiful. Look at these things. Look at these things. Come on now. Oh, my gosh. When did you get these? are new. No. These Those are, are like new? my... I wear these when I go to kickboxing and take them off. Slip oh, them on and off. Yeah, you're a kickboxer? Easy. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So uh, you, you appreciated the Jalen Turner uh, Dan, Hooker, Dan Hooker, fight. Hooker fight. I did, and we'll get into that later. Okay. I can't yeah. wait to get into that later. But yeah, you're actually like maybe one of the first people that's complimented these shoes. Most I like people, them. most people hate on these shoes. I don't. Okay, know I got. I the like word. a man. What's the word? I got the word. It's not I. It's O. O. 
Oh. Just say it. Dad, come on. We got it. We come got it. on. We got it. Oh. Or <laughs> orientation. Orientation. <laughs> yes, we did there it. There it is. Taylor went through orientation there for the fourth go. time. <laughs> so she's going through that this week. So she wanted to take it easy on Saturday and Sunday. And I uh, I obliged. You obliged. I was, uh, we were thinking about going to the, uh, a buddy offered me two late tickets to the uh, uh, Burt Kreischer, Mark Norman, all that. And I we just, we Decided respectfully said no. It would have yeah. been hot out there, brother. Was it that bad? I don't think I th- it was thought, too I bad. It, but I thought it got pretty. Uh, it was humid because the rain came yeah. through earlier in the day. It looked fun though. I'm sure I for mean, people that were there. Yeah, I've seen Bert twice in person. He's it's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. there was I mean Tiffany Haddish was out there. It looked it looked like I mean they had a, it was a great lineup. Yeah, great lineup. Definitely was. Yeah, we were pretty fully loaded tour. Fully loaded tour. That's what it is. Yeah, we were pretty chill this weekend too. Friday night. <laughs> Sounds like you were chill. Yeah, was chill. Yeah, Friday night, like I think it, like four or five hey. of us just hung out and ate dinner. So I know it. you're going to be surprised to hear this next two weekends. Know what I'm doing? Something with a wedding. I am in two weddings. So back I, to back. I, I, I'm a groomsman this weekend and a groomsman next weekend. Out Locally Davie, this weekend? Locally and then in Davie, Florida the next weekend. Fly? Drive? Flying. Yeah, you're a flyer. <laughs> I know you're a flyer. I know you got super bags. So. I, I Super bags. <laughs> super bags. Oh gosh, yeah. Gabe Coons got that yeah. ninety-two the, nine check, money. Check cleared, baby. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? But no, I'm uh, I'm flying because I don't want to. What What's your limit on like the furthest I'll drive? Drive to fly. Like, what's that number for me? It's like six to eight. If it If it gets past, if it's past eight, eight, you're flying. Hell no, I'm flying. Okay, here's my here's my thing. First off, flying sucks. Well, for me too, but it's I mean, faster I, yes. than sitting in a car and driving. But it is the, like, I feel like maybe 10 to 15 years ago, flying was probably so convenient. But within, like, it, at least since I started flying, first time I really flew, like, by myself was 2018, going to uh, Orlando for conference championship game. Yeah. And, like, it, that flight was easy, but anything after that, like anything after 2018 has been extremely inconvenient, like stuff getting canceled. And I know it's gotten worse since yeah. COVID, like everything getting canceled, moved around and all that stuff. So flying sucks to me. I hate going through security. I hate the anxiety of like, am I going to make my flight on? All that stuff is like, I, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I never so, have the anxiety, unless I have a connecting flight. Because right. Taylor will get us up. If we have a flight at 9 a.m., she'll get us up at like 430 yeah, we'll be we'll be sitting at the damn airport for two hours. That's how I am too. Like I just want to be there, make sure I'm not going to miss anything. So I just get like, I'm not an anxiety person at all. Like I am go with the flow, chill. Yeah. But something I do have like flying anxiety, and it's not about getting on the plane. It's about the lead up to it. So I will drive. I prefer driving. Like if it's reasonable and it makes sense, I don't have to carry all travel size stuff. I can carry my Cheaper. full bottle of shampoo. I, I enjoy road trips as well. Like, if I have the right people with me, like, if I've got friends with me, I love road trips. Talking, you know, just screwing around the whole time, whatever. So, I'll drive pretty much any distance. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I, I drove I drove to uh, to Orlando uh, last year. Listen, I'm a snug fit Disney. on a plane. I'm not going to act that like I'm true. not. Um, but I am a snug fit in a car, too. So like, also true. I... I, uh, I, I being in a car, just being confined for eight plus hours, just it doesn't feel good on my body. Yeah, you know the old really, back, the old knees, the yeah, old it ankles. Screws me up. I get up, it just hurt. Like after you get done with that type of uh, drive, it just hurts when you get out. 
just hurts. What, what was what was what's the longest one uh, you and I've done together, Kenny? Nine and a half. Was that uh, Columbus was like nine? nine yeah, Columbus half? was like nine and a half. Um, the thing with me traveling right now is most of the time that I travel, it's with camera gear, and right. and that is much. a pain in the butt. Because we no. did, we did. I that. heard y'all had some trouble getting off the ground there, going to Columbus. Right? Was that was that that trip? We drove. Isn't that, you know, but he. Oh, uh, what do you mean? Him, yeah, him. forgetting yeah. stuff. Yeah, forgetting yes, stuff. Yes. Oh yes. God, that was the worst. You had to make a Best Buy run, uh, yeah. like four. Well, we had to turn around and go back to the circuit, house. Circuit City run. Then we had to stop at Best Buy. And what we stopped at Best Buy for, he had in his backpack <laughs> that we found later. And then we nice. got we got to Columbus, and there was something else that Kenny, Kenny just he, he wasn't on his A game. Listen, usually he is. My wife, like that, is the first time I've ever forgotten a lot of stuff. You know, on a trip, my wife is the queen of like lists. She's like list everything. Everything is listed. She's got she was notes. out of town, and she was out of town. That's the problem. Kenny, and Kenny was Lone Ranger. I hope it. you packed enough underwear though, at the very least. Well. Well, yeah, he did because that trip got cut short. <laughs> so all he needed was like two pair of underwear, and he was straight. I needed a shirt, shorts, <laughs> and, and a, a pair of underwear, and a pair of underwear, and that was gravy. That was about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, my friend Chase, he will literally drive anywhere. He's been to Colorado twice in the last year and a half. He's a road trip, and he's bro. driven twenty, like 21, 22 hours. You know, he, you know, I've he, met him a couple times. He, he definitely strikes me yes, as like a big absolutely. road trip guy. A hundred percent. Yeah, like he's going to the Grand Tetons. He's ready to get yes. out on the road. Got all the stuff. The, yeah, Yellowstone. Like he's drive. ready, and he's he'll drive ready. straight through. Like that's impressive. Yeah, that's I can't do that. I yeah, I don't know about twenty two hours, but like twelve hours, and that was rough. like the drive to Disney was that's a long one, but it was it was manageable. Like woke up at five o'clock in the morning, drove down there, and got there like three or four. Like that's manageable. I didn't feel terrible. Twenty two hours, I'd probably feel rough. <laughs> he did. He but Chase does strike me as a guy that'll drive all the way out to California and just take the Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> yeah, and just and yeah. just love it. The yeah, whole time. just love it. Doesn't even need to say a word. Sleep in just, his car. Yep. Just yeah, the yep. whole thing. That's him for sure. Um, before we move on, Gabe, we haven't talked about this in a while. And, uh, if people want to skip through it, they can, but it'd be pretty rude. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it would. How, uh, how are we feeling about September wedding is coming quick, brother? Uh, good. Um, can I give a quick shout out? Go quick shout it. out to Ryan Silverfield, man. He signed up and he's going to be dealing with Boise state that day. So he's not going to make it, but he got the wedding gift all handled and everything. What? So I got to say, thank you on here. I still haven't even gotten to text him. Thank you yet. We're going to send out thank you letters, but shout out, shout out coach Silverfield. But no, man, I, I guess anxiety is cranking up. Uh, but you know, just putting the what, finishing touches on planning. At what least. is the, is it the 30th or the 23rd? 30th. Okay. Cause 30th. I, I have a friend that's getting married the 23rd. So I keep mixing up which one. It's so you're going to be going to a lot of weddings. So you can't, yeah, you no, can't, can't shame me anything. anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we're just putting the finishing touches on like the planning and everything else. Getting so, there. When's yeah. the bachelor trip? Bachelor trip, August 4th through the 6th. Where at? I'm not going to tell you. Undisclosed. Well, if it's in St. Louis, Missouri, I'll also be there that same weekend. Und- nope, not St. Louis, but it's undisclosed. It could be in St. Louis, I guess, then. If I'm <laughs> oh, well, you just it. said it wasn't. I wish it was because your whole group of friends would be there and my well, whole group be, of friends. That would be a time. Would be, yeah. That would be a hell of a time. <laughs> yes, it would. St. Louis. Are you going be- to a game or something? <laughs> uh, no, one of my friends, the friend that's 
wedding is the weekend before yours. He wanted to do. He's. Yeah. I don't think he's ever done Six Flags. So he was like, he's oh, a, okay. he enjoys amusement parks. Hey, Batman's a great ride, right there. Yes, in the front is. to the right. I've, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I, last time I went, they couldn't fit me in the damn thing. <laughs> 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 they tried to put the shoulder th- the shoulders yeah. deal over you and my chest. I have a barrel chest. Yeah, so you it's do. like hard to. Keg chest is down. what I'd call it. Keg chest. <laughs> what are you anxious about, Gabe? What's the what what part of it Just are you getting anxious? Just getting it all planned. I'm going to have a, uh, 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 excuse my French, shitload of guests. There's going to be a lot of guests there. Do you know the number? Like how many people y'all are going? To <sighs> is it is it stupid? It's kind of ridiculous. Is it over? Like, okay, let's play over under. Three fifty is the high. I was going to say over under three fifty. Three fifty is the high. Three fifty is the high. I think we'll probably. With people that sort of back out, can't come, it'll be somewhere between 280 and 300 is my guess. Me and Kenny are going to sneak out. (laughs) Sneak in and sneak out then. It'll be a good time. We have free drinks, man, whole night. You'll be good. No. Oh, yeah, you don't drink. Kenny, I got you. Hey, bro, I'm there. I'm going to be honest. I I do not do... I'm not saying I don't do well, but like I'm not in my comfort zone around a bunch of people that I don't know. Like you know, some people you'll can know just, a few people. Some people can good. just walk into places where they don't know anybody, and they're like, they can still be the life of the party. Yes, you, me, no. Like I will hide in the shadows if there's 250 people there that I I'm a do little not too know. social though in those in those events. If I know a few people, I'll be around those few people. But I, I'm I like meeting new people. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but like if you don't have a if you don't have a uh, like a chaperone for so, this. Like if you don't have someone like, hey, this is this person, fair, this is I, I that got person. You, bro. I got to you, bro. You don't know anybody. To, you have to be fair, there is literally going to be like 120 of my family members there. You have that big of a family? My mom had nine kids on her side of the family. My dad has five. Okay. So, yeah. And then we have second cousins. Yeah, everywhere. Cousins have cousins, and then the cousins have more cousins. How many coons are there? Is there Gabe and Alex? <laughs> there's, and, there's, Gabe and Alex. Oh, are you talking about my immediate brothers? family? Immediate. Uh, Pat? Oldest, Alex, uh, second oldest. I'm the youngest boy, and then uh, Lily. Lily's I'm the youngest 14. boy. I am the youngest boy. <laughs> I sure am. The baby. I'm the baby. But yeah, no, four four kids in my immediately immediate family, including me. How old is your oldest brother? Like forty somewhere in his forties. I'm he hanging get, out with him the whole time. He get the size also. What? He get the size also. No. Size? He no. didn't. No, he did not. He's a little fella. He's it's not my dad's immediate okay, okay. Uh, son. Half brother. Yeah, half brother. Okay. You and Alex, y'all are both big fellas. Yeah, he's Alex got skinny though over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've noticed that over time. I filled out <laughs> I filled out a little bit. Is more Alex, than Alex about to get married too? No. He's Just been with he's been with his girlfriend. Long term girlfriend. Yeah. Are you gonna uh straddle me up with a date for this wedding? You're allowed a plus one. Me and Taylor were talking about it. You're allowed a plus one. Y'all were talking about me specifically yeah. or in general? Yeah, so bring your bring you a plus one, brother. But what if, okay, what if we blind date Gabe's wedding? Blind date? <laughs> yeah, how funny would that be? Who <laughs> <laughs> would you I don't you know. You could go on hinge? No, no, no. I'm talking about you set me up, fool. Uh, see, I don't even know who I could set you up with, dude. See. I'd have to ask Taylor, and most Taylor's friends are taken. Taken? Yeah. Taken old lady. Well, actually, no, I guess there's a couple that are single. We could make something happen. We could see. We could <laughs> he out. said we could see. We could see it. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask Taylor tonight. I'll see what. I'll see what she says. Yeah, this is a joke, folks. I'm not this desperate, but it would be fun. only it would be, it, only halfway. Only, ha- only halfway serious. <laughs> yeah. But it would be hilarious if it's if like, you invited like a Tinder date, then it would be. I would ne- no. It would be no, something else. No, I would never do that ever. Ever? Are you even on those apps? No, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm not. 
Okay. I feel like I, don't, I know it's you know, crazy though the amount of people I know nowadays, and we we probably need to move on to other things in a second. <laughs> yeah, we will. But uh, the amount of people I know nowadays that really did meet their significant other, including like wife, on yeah. a, a, a dating, dating app, app? is yeah. kind. It's crazy. It's crazy. But are there re- I, like I'm not I, I'm I have not delved into the the dating app world. Are there like Ones where you can actually meet decent people, or yeah, okay. I would imagine, yeah, because like isn't t- Tinder just basically an STD fest, right? <laughs> I would imagine, <laughs> I'd imagine I mean. there's a corner of all those apps <laughs> that have that. that is an STD fest, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. But uh, there, there are some respectable some people <laughs> on there, yes. Read their bio first, see Read what they're bio. looking for, see what they're looking I for. I just don't know if I could do a dating app, man. Okay, personally, but all right, whatever. Yeah, um, I'm sensing some good content for Bluff City Media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Tinder came out right when I got into college. Did it? Yeah, I. Uh, That's was, was a scary. It's a st- scary. Begin- place? Beginning days of Tinder were a scary place. Oh, I'm sure. Gotta it was. say, gotta say. But let's move on. Let's, let's move, move on. Let's move it on. Uh, first piece of Memphis-related news, and guys, you know this. It's been a dry week. So we're yep. kind of we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. It is what it is. We'll still make it fun and interesting because that is what we get paid to do. Yeah. Um, Mikey Williams. We're gonna start there. Court date has been pushed back again. I believe the date you told me was September fifth, July twelfth to September fifth. So two more months almost moved back after it was already. Uh, how how long was it moved so back last time? June 29th to July twelfth. So it was to like September fifth. Yep. yep. Two weeks to two months. Mikey Williams, both of us have been very, um, very much on the train of this probably not going to happen the whole time. And this really pushes that forward into, I don't want to say certainty, but in a realm of certainty that this probably isn't going to happen. So I texted one source. Oh. And I want to read this because it cracked me up when I read it. I (laughs) said, so what should we think about... What should we think about Mikey Williams getting pushed back again? And this source said that he's donezo. <laughs> I mean, laughing emoji twice. That's 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 what I have uh, been told. But the first time, like when it got delayed from June 29th to July 12th, you say, OK, if there was more discovery from Mikey Williams lawyers, yeah. maybe they're trying to in that meantime, get it, get it pled down to a misdemeanor, misdemeanor. and then he could get on campus. That clearly wasn't the case, right. right? Now it's delayed another month and some change. You're looking at it, and you start trying to put the timeline together, piece it together. That's right there at the start of the semester. Um, they're going to go into camp probably a, a little less than a month after that, right? And then ultimately yeah. the first exhibition game is November 2nd against Lemoyne Owen. So you're like, you're sitting there, and you're saying, well, this if he is going to end up on campus, you'd have to have that preliminary hearing via Zoom, and then he may have to be back and forth. It just doesn't work out. Doesn't and, make sense. Um, I've always been here, but this sort of this this confirms my beliefs about him not making it to campus or really not playing college basketball in general. I mean, we'll see what happens going forward for him. Uh, I'm sure even when he gets out of it, and if he does get out of it, there will be some opportunities for him to play basketball again. But it's just it's hard to imagine that. And I. Uh, <sighs> I, it's hard. It's hard because I like that's frustrating for a guy that young to get himself in such a predicament that's going to inhibit his future. I hate to see that. Yeah. I really hate to see that. Now for the Memphis for Memphis's case, it's if you've been reading the tea leaves, I think 
as much as at the beginning when they weren't recruiting at a high level and didn't have Jordan Brown and David Jones as a commit and talking to Javon Quinterly now, at, at, you know, in that interim period we've been talking about where they were quiet and there was just no real smoke, you thought, okay, maybe they're trying to make it work with Mikey Williams. If you've been reading the tea leaves on them recruiting, go, trying to go get Javon Quinterly, they have Caleb Mills on campus, they have Jalen Young, they right. have a bunch of guys they could rotate uh, at the at the, point at the two spot. and the three and right. everything else. You just look at it and you say they've recruited <laughs> over him at this point, and I don't know if they're counting on his scholarship going to him at this point. Because yeah. we've been trying to count these scholarships and it doesn't make much it never, sense it never mathematically. Adds up. No, and so our speculation the whole time, as I said, has been that it's not going to happen and that it really doesn't come as a detriment to the Memphis basketball program. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that, and I know some people were extremely excited about Mikey and what he potentially could have brought to the table, and I'm not going to say that there isn't potential. I mean, he's a top 60 player in the country for a reason. Like, there is potential there. But at the end of the day, I, I really, truly, this is what I believe. I, I think that what Mikey Williams would have brought to Memphis this season, it, it wouldn't have been much past exposure nationally. Right. That's where I think the production would. You're no. not. You can't count on production from a freshman, true freshman, nineteen year old point guard. No. It's just hard. Maybe by the end of the year, but like there's going to be growing pains right. always. And so that that's kind of that was kind of my thing. I really think best case scenario for Mikey this year, kind of regardless of how it sh it shook out, and you can go with this before or after the news broke of of what he had done and what he was being accused of. Eight to twelve minutes a game, transferring the next year. That's what I that's what I saw. Really, that's what I saw the whole time. Yes. Okay. I, Eight okay. to twelve—that's that is a small number. Eight to twelve, pre pre JQ and their yes. their interest in yeah. JQ. No, no, no. Post, post JQ. Okay. Yes, that post makes JQ. more sense. That makes post more sense. JQ, but also even if they were going to play with just Caleb Mills and Jalen Young at the one and two and ro rotate Mikey okay. in somewhere, I think he probably would have fallen somewhere between maybe twelve to fifteen. Yeah, I don't think he would. I don't, I don't think he was going to have a massive role. Now, could that have expanded by the end of the year to? you know, 17 to 22 He'd have minutes to show a game. It, though. He'd have to show it. It'd have to happen. And I just, I just think the, I think the step that was going to have to be taken for him to get there as a guy who hasn't played the one. And we know that's, you know, where Penny saw him fitting at. It's such a hard position to develop into as a collegiate player, regardless of, of where you played too. in high school and age. But the fact that he w really didn't have a predominant point guard role and I'm not saying Penny would have only used him at point guard. You could right. use him at multiple spots, but I'm just – this is all conjecture here. Like, if that's where Penny wanted him to play at the one, that transition but, period is so difficult, and that's such a hard thing to ask of a 17-year-old that hasn't done that. And then you factor into all the eyes have been on him for, you know, four or five years now. How is he going to handle the pressure if he doesn't succeed early on? And then this is – where we're at in the modern day of college basketball, if a freshman comes, a high level freshman comes and they don't succeed, I'm going to say we're probably somewhere between 70 to 85% that they're going to leave. Yeah. That's just yeah. where, that's where we're he, at in college sports. That goes for football, basketball, whatever. So that, I mean, that's what I saw Mikey, the Mikey Williams experience. He's a scoring experiment guard being. too. Like yeah, it's exactly. just, he's not necessarily, he wouldn't have been a just true point, but at the same time, like, I even look at the rotation. If JQ ended up on campus, Javon Quinterly, you have Javon Quinterly, TFAL Leonard, uh, Caleb Mills, 
uh, Jonathan Pierre could get minutes there. Like David you just J- keep yeah. uh, Jalen Young, David, David Jones. Jones, and then even without JQ, how many names am I deep right. of experienced players? Right. Like there's just there was going to be an uphill battle to climb. But I, at the same time, I do, I do think Penny, if he would have made it to campus and everything sort of went right, and he didn't have what was attached to his name against six felony counts right. of assault with a deadly weapon, I do think Penny would have tried to tried to make something happen and develop uh, the kid absolutely. and probably would have given him some some minutes along the way just because of who he is, who he has been in high school. I mean, he's a five-star guy. I don't think he was coming to campus with no expectations of getting pretty substantial minutes. Right. But uh, now it's just sort of off or not. And I, and I do think the one big limitation with him, and it's kind of always been talked about with him, is his defensive ability. And if yep. we know one thing – about Memphis' staff and Penny Hardaway, if you don't come here to play defense... <laughs> what are you coming ca- here for? <laughs> ...and care about playing defense, right. then you're not going to play minutes. And, like, when I sat down with Jonathan Pierre a couple weeks ago, that was... I mean, he was like, I, I knew P- how much Penny cared about defense because he told me, but he's like, you really don't understand until you get here and see, like, okay, this is this is what this school was about. Yep. And if you don't have that mentality and if you don't have that pedigree... And, and he, it's going to be hard to find the floor at Memphis. He'd have to grow that mentality. Quickly. He's used to being a scorer. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Here's the thing about him is I feel like the ability, the speed, probably the activity, he could have gotten it. But it's about a mindset change that true freshmen may not possess. Right. Now, my big question here at this point is, like, J.J. Taylor, like – <laughs> If Mikey doesn't make it here, I wonder where his mindset's yeah. going to be. And, like, I'm not expecting J.J. Taylor to not I – don't, I don't even know if he'd play this year. Like, I'm not even in that boat. I think there's a lot of a lot of people he'd have to beat out to get into the rotation in yeah. general, even as a four-star, relatively highly thought of, although there was a dip in high school. He was number one recruit. He dropped all the way into the hundreds. But uh, I, I his mindset now, if Mikey's not going to be on campus, has got to be pretty – yeah, pretty it, pretty rough. It does kind of it, it does kind of suck for him. I mean, he got caught in limbo. Yep. Of like, what do I do? Like, do I just go ahead and come and you know, maybe I, I don't want to speculate too much, but maybe Mikey's telling him like, hey, we feel good about everything. Like, we feel good about where we're at. Just go ahead and go. I'll be there in a month. Once again, that is purely yes. speculative. But I, like did, I do J- not know that anything like that happened. It, but then he's kind of stuck in limbo of like, I came here, you know, expecting to be with you know my former high school teammate, my best friend, and now but even that's not that, happening. It's just a difficult situation. But even with that, like, J.J., last second, switching up his plans would have been tough as well. Like right. That's, oh, yeah. that's hard to, like, let me get out of this. Uh, go NLI, find somewhere else. Let me get out of my national letter of intent and go find somewhere else late in the game. Right. As a freshman, that's just tough to do. So, like, I, I don't know. Maybe he just had to see it. That's too. what I'm saying. He got stuck in limbo yeah. of, like, there's not a good, you know, it's not a good way out. It's just proceed forward and like you could feel bad about that but i i, I don't know it's it's kind of they followed each other here right right and it was sort of the package deal and mikey kind of they put him in a precarious situation right i mean i i feel slightly bad but at the same time if you if you're gonna make you, you can still make it work yeah any hard still here there's there's a reason that mikey and you decided to end up on campus go make the best of yeah no i agree absolutely you're 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 here you're in the situation so Go do what you do. Right. Go play and go work to try to get you know try to get minutes, try to get on the floor, try to get better. Um, something we've hinted at a couple times now. Uh, some people are probably a little bit curious as to why this is still a question. Javon Quinterly recently on campus, 
Sounds like you're going to have to fill in the question with, marks for me without I, a commitment. Yeah, I don't. No commitment not, came after JQ's visit. Uh, I, do you know anything I don't? I mean, we can we can kind of read through some things because you have very respected, you know, national analysts saying that it's a done deal. Yeah, Andrew Slater being one of them. Everybody trusts Andrew Slater in his opinion when it comes to recruiting because he's a genie, and I. I I don't remember exactly what his tweet said. Kenny, do you do you have any idea what it said? I just spilled a drink. That's okay though. Yeah, I can find I can find it. I, I don't remember exactly what it said. Hey, but. pull pull that box out. <laughs> <laughs> it bees like that sometimes. Oh gosh, is this the first spill? That is the this first is spill. This is the first spill. We did I thought, it. I thought my phone was over we there. Did I it. had to reach for my phone. I just we did it. Down. Yes. Shout out Waterloo. Now we're all spilled on the table. We'll, we'll get that cleaned up. But yeah. Andrew Slater has basically, yeah, without he, crystal balling it, crystal balled it to Memphis. Yeah, yeah. If Kenny finds that tweet, he can let me know, and he can and he can read it. So, uh, like I said, he's a very well respected guy. Well respected guy, and there's been other analysts point to it as well. Like it's you know it's done. And we get through the visit, no commitment, and it's like where where are we sitting at with this? You know, and, have we heard of him taking another visit anywhere? I don't think so. No, but and, and that's what you got to think. Like, has who else is has involved? someone else gotten right. involved? Like, has someone else gotten in his ear? Like, are they gonna give him a bunch of money to come there? Like, what what exactly is going on? And um, it feels it feels uh it's starting to feel eerily similar. Again, I, I mentioned this last week though. Like, everything can take a left turn in recruiting, Absolutely. man. With nil and everything else, like it just it just works out that way sometimes. This, and you. This uh, spillage you can't, moving. You can't, uh, you can't think about it too much. You just sort of have to let let things fall into place, and we'll see. I know there's probably a pretty substantial NIL package for Javon. Throw it, throw if it, throw he, it. If he ends up on campus. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, about to, we're about to go on to the carpet game. Go Hold this it, table go up. For it. I'm holding it up. Come All on, right. bro. Keep talking. But uh, <laughs> if he ends up on campus, I'd imagine there's a big NIL situation for him, a substantial NIL payment. This is what, um, hey, this is what Andrew Slater said in his tweet. He, said, he yeah. said, JQ times Penny times Stansbury. Q and edit with a tiger and a cell phone, Joseph. And then he tweeted at Tipton at Joe, edits. At Joe Tipton. Joe Tipton. Okay. Um, I think I think here's what we have to understand about recruiting nowadays. When you're talking about young guys, a lot of it is it about fit, right? Like about fit and playing time and things like that. With some of these older cats, it's all NIL money, man. That's what, no, that's what I was mentioning. Like that's but it. I, like here at Memphis, I'm sure there's something substantial on the table for them. But can somebody up the ante? Can somebody match it or, yeah. or go higher than it? Which is uh, sure, I'm sure there's some somebody out there that could make that happen. But I don't know who it is. I haven't really heard a bunch of smoke. Uh, outside of Memphis on Javon Quinterly. I'm going to be completely real with you. Well, if it's a, it's a situation where That's I think behind, behind the scenes, there's there's more than likely schools that are reaching out that are saying, hey, we want to bring you on. And he's like, listen, I already got this offer, NIL offer from Memphis. Let me go see if I can get but some yeah, more. Yeah, like I bet there's a little waiting period. Course, I wonder right. when his cutoff is to yeah. say, "All right, Memphis this is, is the it. place." Right, yeah, and that's the question. But like, for it, him, he's a he's a he's going to be a six year senior. Right. Why would you? Why, why would you wait? I don't know why you would, unless you really knew something could come to fruition right. here soon. And, and and I think that has to be the question right now. Like, is there is there legit smoke with another school? Or is it posturing to work a deal? You know, like you never yeah. know in this day and age. Like it's just where we're at. And I'd be posturing though. Oh, Why I would not? be too. Yeah. A six-year guy, right. you don't you don't know what your pro career holds. You know, at this age, everybody knows what wins in college basketball: experience and talent. He right. has both those things, and he's 
been great. He's been a six man of the year. He's right. been, been all SEC tournament. He's been an MVP in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Like, no, you can't blame you, you can't blame him. At I would all. be posturing every step of right. the way because I don't know what my pro career is going to look like. Let yep. me get those bags. Same thing we said about DeAndre Williams is like, dude, yeah, if you can come back and play another year at Memphis and make some more money and and get this final year. Why not do it? Like, you don't know what the pro career is and holds. But, and again. Do you want to move overseas? Like, all that stuff. To the question that's probably being asked out there, will will Javon Quinterly end up at Memphis? I'd say that's more likely than anything else at the moment. But yeah. I don't I, – right. But, again, with Jaden Bradley, there was a time where I thought that was the case. Everything takes a left turn once the bidding war starts, right. and you don't know who's involved with yeah. Javon right now. You never know. And that's – what a lot of fans are hoping doesn't happen right now right. Jaden Bradley 2.0. Yes. It's like, oh, my gosh, another point guard from Alabama. Similar situation. We heard the same things with Jaden Bradley. It was a done deal. Like, he was coming to Memphis, and then, boom, he pops up at Zona. So, we'll see how it shakes out. These situations, this is just how it is nowadays. Like, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. Obviously, this stuff is – there's a lot of negotiating going on. There's stuff going on behind closed doors and these situations that it's fluid just right, like the, you spill in the water just like though. that yeah. that was super corny but we'll, we'll take it <laughs> but it's fluid all these they're they are fluid these situations yeah absolutely so we'll see how it how it shakes out um switch gears a little bit towards the nba summer league started what day did summer league start was it Thursday. Well, Friday? they had the Salt Lake City, and then Friday. Friday. If it was the official kickoff of no Thursday was the official Thursday. Someday. No Friday. Friday. I'm One sorry. I'm going back. Friday was the official kickoff of Vegas Summer League. Right. What have we thought so far? Let's start. Uh, let's start Grizzlies, and we'll work our way. Kenny towards. Lofton's fun. He's very fun. He's oh, outrageously fun. Yeah. Like the trail threes are great, and his offensive bag is just so deep. That's fun. I do want to see him start playing defense more and start switching on on certain things around the perimeter. Uh, the rebounding numbers, when his offensive numbers go up, he needs to keep those rebounding numbers up. I know people get excited about him, but I want to bounce this off you. What he has shown is not the reason he would get NBA minutes in regular season and playoff games with the Grizzlies. He's right. going to have to turn himself, okay, you can keep that offensive bag, but turn yourself into Xavier Tillman more so. Yeah. You're going to have to start setting screens and being a high IQ player. Rebounding the ball. Rebounding the hell out of the ball. Playing really good defense, yes, being locked that, in defensively. But, but I, I, everybody gets mesmerized by the offensive the bag. And, yeah. and I get it, and I, I do too. Everybody gets mesmerized by, by it, but he's got to be a different style of player right. if he wants to crack the rotation. Right. And then you have to ask the question of if he's in that situation, what does it look like? You know, it's different than playing in the G League when you kind of are the guy and yes. you're asked you to, get go to go score. Who? Right. So it's like it will be interesting to see the more that he grows and develops throughout the summer into the season. If he actually does get those opportunities, what does he look like on but, the floor with Jaron? And what does he look like on the floor with this full roster where he's not expected to be some kind of leading scorer? But I've said this when it comes to reserve bigs on the Grizzlies, ceiling of Kenneth Lofton Jr. versus ceiling of Xavier Tillman. Right. right, like, right. If he can, if he can grow his game into being the high IQ player that Xavier Tillman is, the type of player that'll do the dirty work, I'm taking him hundred right. times out of hundred. But he's got to get there. That's scoring He's got to get there. Yeah, just undeniable. And he can the 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 stretch ability he has. It's right. crazy, man. Right. It's crazy. Now, uh, let's see, Jake Laravia, not great. Is he is so? Uh, let's ask and this David before. Roddy. Really, that's what it's I was gonna like, ask. We'll is, is is Kenneth Lofton the really the only player that you've been 
impressed by uh, us thus far? Vince Williams Jr. has given me some – there's been some flashes there that I, I really like to see. And I feel like that's the type of guy that eventually, with the effort he gives on the defensive end, 6'6", six, six, long strokes of three, really can shoot a three. I feel like that's the type of guy that could fit into a rotation as, as a reserve wing player. Um, but that's going to be – you have to figure that out later once he gets NBA minutes, which he hasn't at this point. Um but, yeah, I'd say those two are the the sort of shining spots, whereas, like, David Roddy and Jake LaRavia have each had their moments, but they've also had their downs. Yeah. Are you surprised that David Roddy hasn't looked better? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he has his moments of looking right. great. Exactly. Um, but I, what's weird is, like, even with what he's doing in summer league or not doing game to game, I'm not that concerned about him being at least a, the okay rotation. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not either. We've not, seen, you I don't mean, add, we, yeah. you saw it We've in regular it. games and in the playoffs. Yeah. So like I I feel like he can fit in fine. He he doesn't get asked to do too much in the, with the big club. Yeah. Overall, let's let's shift it towards more the overall NBA. Um, Wimby. That's that's where the conversation starts, right? Number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama. Two games, first game, not great at all. Two of fourteen, offensively not great, yes. scoring not great. Everywhere else, I think he had eight rebounds, five blocks, looked really good. And then you have people like, okay, you know how it is. It's stupid. It's overblown. But I said this it's going summer. Into, it's summer. There's nothing uh, yes. to talk about. People are going to overblow stuff. And then this, he comes out in the second game. I think he had 27 points. And, and 12 just, and three blocks. Right. It just looked incredible. I, here's the thing. It's like I I said this going into the weekend. I don't give a damn who Victor Wimbanyama is and is the hype around him. He's a rookie. He's 19 years old. Right. Let him grow and evolve. Don't let a, don't try to jump to conclusions about who he is. And you saw immediately Friday he yeah. has a tough game, and they're jumping to conclusions. It was like, oh, go put the futures on and Chet also, Holmgren and Scoot to win rookie way, of the year. And by the way, like he had the Britney Spears incident, right. and then he like uh, the next day comes out and he has to. He's in front of a big old crowd. Everything's expected of him. He has the ball in his hands. Like I could see where the moment got in the way a little bit. Even in summer league, like yeah. it was a sold out crowd. Like it, and then he sort of relaxed. Game two, still sold out crowd, 27 12, three blocks. Yeah. Even though he played bad in that first game, I don't give a damn what you say. His defensive upside is insanity. It, insanity. Is, is it the highest defensive ceiling we've ever seen? It's, I don't know about that. I mean, as far as, let's, let's, let's say, let's say as far as a rim protector goes. I think it's it, it exceeds rim protecting. Oh too. Uh, yes, I, I agree. Have you seen him guard on yes, the perimeter? Yes, he can guard uh, he can, from like feet. Yes, he can several move, feet he, away he because he can like, close out he moves so like easily. A guard. But I'm just saying, as someone that is seven foot five, and and we've seen guys with super height before in the NBA, but their move ability, athletic ability, hasn't been anywhere in the realm of Victor Wembanyama. Like his upside defensively is I absurd. Think, I think. I mean. <sighs> Yes. AD has, like, crazy upside defensively, and he's shown it in his career. Like, I think Victor Wimanyama can be right there at the peak of his powers, like, yeah. sort of on that AD level, maybe even more, because I saw him close out on a few jump shots and block them. Right. He gets hands on it. You can't get a shot over him, and he affects – even when he's not blocking shots, the amount he affects is crazy. Right, just his presence No his one length. can come near – and then, like, I, it was Sunday – the putbacks he had. Oh, dude, they look effortless. They're so effortless. Because he's at the rim. Yeah, I know. Already. I mean, it's I know like why. Crazy. But he can just sort of standing dunk. It just, just looks like, fake. Like yes. what what he does on the floor, it looks fake. Like the creative that, player. That, that putback that he had, like it, usually, if someone has a putback like that, right? He like caught it here and then put it back up. They're working for it. 
Yeah. He didn't have to do anything to get that put-back dunk. He literally just grabbed it and set it in the rim, and that was it. It's just, you know, he was a guy that obviously has played overseas, so we haven't seen him on a night-to-night basis. Like, no one's tuning in. So just to see it yeah. in live action, it just feels so weird to watch. And that's the other thing, too, is, like, he's not that far removed. Like, with that first game, if you wanted another excuse, um, he just he got done not too long ago with a whole French league and right. had to go through a finals. This is his first time with a new team, and right. it's just a summer league team with a bunch of guys that are just fringe guys trying to go get their game off so they can make a roster. He already knows he's going to be on the roster, so it's like I, there's a lot of things that could have gone into that first first game and his performance. Right. But I man, I I his skill set's crazy. One thing I will say, from a if you're Going after him for one thing, I would say he does have to put on some weight, and he's going to have to learn the physicality of the game because right. he fell even in that twenty-seven twelve game, he fell a lot, and he was getting, you know, bumped, bumped, and he, he did not take them, yeah, the bumps the best. But I think he'll gain weight when he when he's twenty-five. He's right. not going to look like he does no, right now when no. he's nineteen. Yeah, and they shut him down. He's done for summer league, uh, for as, you, as they should. Yes. Um, but I, I think I think we'll we'll cut it off there. And uh, and speaking, Gabriel Kuhn of high upsides, and we know we know how high Victor Wembanyama's is. But does anyone have a higher upside in this game than K Stubbs? Than one Kenny Stubblefield? No one. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna hear from our sponsors on the other side. We will get to see what the prodigy, one Kenneth Stubblefield, has cooked up for the hot three. Carmigo makes it easy to sell your car while still getting the best price. Instead of taking your car from dealership to dealership to compare offers, Carmigo uses their virtual vehicle scanning technology to bring the dealerships to you. Simply use your phone to take a few pictures of your car, answer a few questions, and they'll share your car's listing with a whole network of buyers. And you can do it all from your phone. Buyers typically receive multiple offers on their cars in as little as a day. Plus, Carmigo handles all the paperwork. They'll even pick it up. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. one of the wilder first segments we've ever had boys that was awesome good content that was fun christian thanks for destroying our studio we got everything cleaned up everything's clean no short circuits we didn't have anything nobody got electrocuted yeah we're all good (laughs) that would have been bad bad. yeah that would have been you take it in stride and then also what was hilarious is Christian wanted me to pay attention to the fact that he threw the, the paper the towels paper towels all the way out and they rolled out like yeah. just, it rolled a good eight, nine feet. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't. It's actually pretty <laughs> impressive though. It like rolled perfectly through the doorway. Yeah, it did. Into the other room. It did. All right, Kenny. Let's do a little hot three. Let's do a little hot three. Let's go topic number one. We talked about it last week. 
uh, UFC 290, massive, massive weekend for uh, the UFC International Fight Week, highlighted on Saturday night by UFC 290. Man, Alexander Volkanovsky versus uh, our boy um, Yair. Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Fights of the year all over the thing, man. It was just a wild, wild card. Would you, what were your guys' thoughts on it? It was um, awesome. Yeah, it was. was I mean, it, it was, was perfect. It was a an amazing event. It was, they, they always go all out for International Fight Week, and this was one of the. It better. was exactly what they wanted. Like it, you had to have a real discussion with yourselves behind closed doors, like Dana White trying to figure out who was fight of the night. That was probably really hard. Yeah. Jalen Turner and Dan, Dan Hooker, Hooker brought it. Um, Brandon Moreno uh, and Alejandro. Pantoja, yes, which was fight that of the was, night. That was great. That was an incredible. Like, okay, before we, uh, I'm not gonna go on too long of a monologue here, but before we get too far, the flyweight division has made such, uh, and it's not even a resurgence. It's just a surgence. Like this yeah. was a division that they scrapped, and then a division that Demetrius Johnson, who is one of the greatest yep. MMA fighters of all time, they literally traded him for Ben Askren because flyweight did no money no dollars it was irrelevant and honestly brandon moreno and davis and figueredo revitalized this division into what it is now their quadrilogy that they had yeah, quadrilogy cha- it changed the game and now it's like every fight we see at flyweight is incredible whether it's moreno or pantoja figueredo is probably going up to bantamweight uh brandon roy vol kakar france like it's become an incredible division, and this just furthered that sentiment. I mean, Brandon Moreno and Alejandro Pantoja, guys that have fought twice, once that counted, once was on the Ultimate Fighter, but they fought back in 2018. Uh, both guys have, you know, found their way back in. Moreno, obviously, you know, getting, two, what was it, two wins over uh, Davis and Figueredo and becoming just a huge star for the UFC. Uh, obviously, being Mexican-born, like, yeah is great with the Mexican fans. Like they show up and show out at every event that Brandon Moreno takes part in. I love that guy. I do too. It's hard not to love Brandon Moreno and Pantoja brought it. And and this fight could have went either way. I believe it was a split decision uh, for Pantoja, but it was just Pantoja was just uh, so relentless. Dude, he didn't stop. Took him down six times. Yeah. And he didn't care how much he was getting hit (laughs) because Brandon Moreno's boxing is so good. And Pantoja knocked him down in the first round. Yep. In the first round, he scored a knockdown on Brandon Moreno, who's one of the better boxers in the UFC. So, before, like I said, before yes. we get too far into it, I just want to recognize no, that the flyweight real. division is, they're, they're is legit. It. I was, I was, I was sad to see Brandon Moreno get knocked off, but at the same time, Pantoja was just unbelievable. Um, the you think they run it back? You think they run it back? I think they're gonna probably. I think, I think they're gonna give Brandon Roy Vall a shot first. And really, run it back with Brandon Moreno. Um, yeah. Uh, before we even got to the main card, though, Robbie Lawler went out with a bang. Nico wow. Price should be sh- ashamed of himself. But man, he got, how? Okay, he got wrecked. Dirty boxing. Just yeah, that just uppercut. Uppercut was. Be- I mean, it was beautiful. It was. Uh, and, and you can't not, as a fight fan, you can't, you can't not love not Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Like, Robbie Lawler is the man. He's been a professional fighter since he was 19 yep. years old. And the way that most of these guys, especially the guys that, you know, were back then in Pride, K1, all these guys that have been fighting for decades plus and were, you know, fighting before the UFC became what it is now, they go out on their backs they go yeah. out with, you know, knockout after knockout after knockout, and you feel bad for him. I didn't think Robbie was going to win that fight, though. I didn't either. Robbie hasn't looked great. He hasn't had much of a gas tank in his last couple of fights. Like, <laughs> Brian Barbarana just walked him down yeah. a couple fights ago, and it was like, 
That, like Nico let him get inside though and just knock and he him just out. Knocked him out. It's like he took and then, a tumble. Almost, and then what no, they what I mean, they did got, after he got, he got smacked. The video that they showed after and Robbie, yep. you know, was really trying to keep it together after the knockout. And then once they showed the tribute video, he just kind of fell apart. It, it for one of, one of those guys that's just been consummate pro, a incredible fighter, and constantly in amazing nonstop action fights. My favorite fight of all time. Uh, Rory McDonald and Robbie yep. Lawler. Ooh. Brutal war, but just such a fun fight to watch. So it was cool. Their faces, that was full hamburger meat. Yeah, it was bad. But that it was, was cool. It was cool fight. to see Robbie Lawler go out on top and not, you know, another one of these guys that just waited too right. long. And he probably did he wait probably, too long. Yeah, but he still say. he got to end it yes. on a knockout with a win. I think it was like twenty eight seconds is maybe his second fastest knockout in his career comes in his final fight so yeah it was a cool and way then to cap it Bo off Nickel. poor val woodburn man that dude was he cutting drew, grass three days before that that, that man drew i felt bad did you see the did you see the videos though of what of him showing up he didn't have a team with him yeah like, no, he's just, I mean, he just lone wolf in it i think fell out like on yeah. wednesday yeah like tuesday they, or wednesday and he was cutting grass yeah and he Bad. was the second guy to fill in for Treshawn Gore. The first guy got that MRI done, and they found the no, no, brain. No, no, no that's that's who was fighting Jack Della Maddalena. Oh, you're right. My that bad. was Josiah Harrell, uh, who was filling in you're for right. Sean Brady against Jack Della. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of knew that Woodburn was getting <laughs> fed to the foul, wolves, bro. and uh, I felt bad and Bo Nickel him. made made light work and yeah. got to sh- show off the hands, but it's but, just like yeah, eh. it's like eh. if he can do that consistently, good lord, Scott. I mean, he's a pro- he's a problem already. Yes, but and, and they're gonna slow burn him. If he throws him. hands, they're gonna slow burn him. We won't see him take on a top fifteen guy for a while, which I think is fair. I mean, the guy's five and zero. He has five professional fights, yep. so he's gonna be a big superstar. Give him the slow burn, let him build it up. Um, and then you know potentially he has you know potential to be a champion one day. So that was a it was a good way to start it. Yep. Everybody l- likes Bo Nickel. He's a big draw already, and to see him with a very quick knockout it was a fun way to start it. And then immediately Jalen Turner, Jalen Turner, and Dan Hooker. Good lord. Well, Jalen Turner just man, he just he ran, ran out. out of steam. He ran out. It looked like he was going to steamroll Dan Hooker. Yeah, looked like he was going to walk right through him. And then like in the middle of that second round, Dan Hooker flipped a switch. And he did not take his foot that's, off the gas. That's double the fights, though, of Jalen Turner. That's what that showed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's fought two times of fights. And it's hard. Dude, it's hard not to feel good for Dan Hooker. Like, I love Jalen Turner. I think Jalen Turner has... I know he's lost his last two. He lost to Gamrot in his last fight and then lost to Dan Hooker. The, the sky's the limit for the potential of Jalen Turner. Just the body type that he has yeah. for lightweight is absurd and what he can do. But it's hard not to feel good for Dan Hooker. Like, it wasn't that long ago that he was right there competing for a title shot. Him and Dustin Poirier went down to the wire in an incredible yep. fight. Uh, and then he kind of had fallen off after that. With I think he had, like, th- had lost maybe three of his last four since yep. Chandler knocked him out. He just hadn't and then, been able to get in the win column. And then he, he pulled it off. I did feel bad. Robert Whitaker got ran through by Drakus Duplessis, and I didn't did not really see that, that coming. But I, I mean, Duplessis after that, they're they're, they're going to have the Duplessis, I should say. They're going to have the South African versus uh, Israel Adesanya. That was uh, that meeting at the middle of the ring was kind of it was cringe. It was, it was intense, it was but it was very cringy. it was it was cringe, but. I, I it was I'm not saying it was cringy. I was like they're trying to build up the fight. 
it's gonna be a heck of a fight. And like they sort of, it was it got racial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get it. it and he's did. like, I'll show you who the real African right. is. Well, it's there's like, history oh, there, right? Yeah, no, I get it. And he's South African, Dracus Duplessis. So like, I, right? Yeah, it's just strange, but it's just. It's just yeah, weird. it was. Like, it did like have it. that. F- just like why? Why is and it then Dana go White trying to act like there was no racial undertones with it after in, yeah. the, in the press conference? It was a little of course weird. he didn't. You right. know, of course that's. It was that's, a little weird. Yes, it uh, was. But like Dana's, that's Dana's calling card. He'll just he'll avoid that. I love I love seeing fights where there's true bad blood. Yeah, like like where du- like where dudes just truly don't like each other because you don't get that much anymore. And I'm not saying I wish every fight was like that. I love martial arts in general and it is a, it is a sport that is built on respect respecting your opponent and all yeah. that and, and you you see a lot of that and it is in very good taste and it i don't know it just brings a feeling that the old ufc didn't have when it was all yep. grudge matches and everybody hated each other but still it's hard not yeah. to get fired up when two dudes genuinely yeah, and, 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 and don't Dana like each other because he gets to tell the story he gets to yeah and it's a good yeah it's a good story yeah and here's the thing is I feel like that's not. I mean, that's that's Paolo versus. Uh, that's, that's what that's Paolo versus versus Izzy. Izzy. Yeah. That's what we were talking about They're after just, the fight. Just it's big, like, right? Strong, marching forward, puncher. knockout artist. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we said too. Is like, man, this Izzy hasn't been like this since Paulo Costa. Like, obviously, he and he and Pajeda had their stuff. Yeah. But there was respect. Yeah, there was there. respect at the end. Him yeah. and Paolo, there was no respect there, and it does. I not, don't think he I respects Duplessis at all. I don't think he does either, and I think he's going. Yeah, and to, I think there's good reason because I think he'll he, he'll beat the hell out of him. Yes, I do too. I think he doesn't stand a chance. Bobby Knuckles didn't look right. Like Robert Whitaker just didn't look right. It, I, I I don't think he was strong. I thought enough. he got hurt. And I he, I thought he hurt. Did his, he? I thought he hurt his knee. They didn't say anything about transporting him or an injury to him or anything. Also, Dan Hooker broke his freaking wrist. Yes. <laughs> in the second round. Uh, and Brandon Moreno broke his hand in the first round. So, dudes are just absurd. They're ridiculous. Uh, but he just didn't. I, I don't know. It, he got. Pla- he, he didn't look strong. He planted. He planted weird on his. And we. I think he tore his MCL twice, both against Yo and both Yoel Romero fights. I think he tore his MCL. Um, but he planted weird. And then when Duplessis had that takedown. His knee was locked out, yeah, and it kind of looked like it might have been hyperextended. But regardless, when they, when they had right. any ground exchanges, like no, you he, thought Robert Whitaker would be able to handle that, and he just he, he just didn't look strong. He just looked, huge. I I understand that, but at the same and, time, and, Robert Whitaker can usually get, deal and, with himself even around and a, Whitaker, a, a dude that's strong as hell. Whitaker's not really a weight cutter either. Because he used to no, fight yeah. at 170, yeah. so he's not a weight cutter. And Drakus clearly cuts yeah. a lot of weight. He's a big that dude's probably like what two. Two stuff, Probably 215, 220. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. a big freaking dude. So that fight did not live up to my expectation. Yeah. Um, but it was a good fight, and I think this is the best outcome for the UFC. Yeah. Because they weren't going to run Robert Whitaker and Izzy back again, so it gives Izzy fresh meat. That fight's probably going to take place before the end of this year. I heard someone saying, what if they put this on the on the John Jones, Steve They said card. nine weeks, didn't they? Uh, I think they're shooting for September because it's in Australia. Yeah. And that's like a Australia is a huge draw for yeah. the UFC. Uh, Izzy beat Whitaker there for the title uh, in 2018. And I think that was the biggest crowd the UFC had ever had, maybe like 32,000 or something like that. Um, so we'll see. I, I think they'll get it done before the end of the year. We know how active Izzy is. But uh, Volk, speaking of active, I, that's why I have so much respect for Alexander Volkanovsky. He's so active. And he tried to go up a weight class just this year, and he did, it didn't work out. He comes right back down and just dominates Yair. Yeah. Did, was not worried about anything Dude, Yair so was good. thrown at him. This is a guy, like, when you watch, when I watch Volk, 
you think this is a guy that's trained MMA all of his life. Yep. No, this dude was a professional freaking rugby player. Like he was not. He's not an MMA guy. I he thought when he came out too, he just came land down under. Yeah. And then he was just sort of running out there. He didn't look like all that hyped he know, up. He knows it doesn't how matter. Good, he knows how good he is, man. Yeah. He knows how good he is everywhere. Striking, ground. Every, he is good everywhere. Like I, I had a buddy mid-fight text me. I had a buddy mid-fight text me. He's like, he's taking the easy way out. I'm like, first of all, shut the hell up. If you have an opponent that can't handle getting taken to the ground, you take him to the ground. That's how it works. And he beat but him on the feet. The, I was going to say that in the third round, he I'm beat like, him on the feet. you still think he's taking the easy way out? Right. And knocked his ass out. Yeah. And he really didn't take <laughs> much damage. Like None. He took a couple of good shots. Nothing Yair, for real. Yair's combinations are beautiful. But he just, they are beautiful. Like how he, he was outclassed. He was outclassed. Yes, he was the yes. full the Volk, full MMA. Volk was just clearly the better fighter. But I I like watching Yair, man. He's fun to watch. The way he the way he puts kicks on the end of his combinations, yes. how quick they are, and how just unpredictable is yeah. beautiful. But there's levels to it. Yes. And Volk is the top. I I, I think Volk is probably deserves pound for pound. That's what one. I was gonna say. I, there was a debate about him or John Jones, and I'm like, here's the thing. Like people talk about John Jones going up a weight class and. Um, Volk doing that and losing John finishing a fight in 30 seconds I'm sorry I view Islam Makachev in his weight class at a, at a different level than I'd view Cyril Gaon at heavyweight yeah. like Cyril Gaon, Islam is just like the peak of everything you could imagine and you can make an argument that Volk beat him and it, it, I thought, I thought I, they, Volk won that fight uh, it was I don't close. know it was close very but, close but, but, but point being I think Cyril Gaon and Islam Makachev in their respective different weight levels. classes there's different levels and yeah. the fact that Volk was even close with a dude that much bigger than him and that skilled, I mean, sh you got to give him his credit. Right. You gotta and his and credit. so now he's either going to fight Ilya. And he's been more active. We're talking about one fight for John Jones in the past, what, three, three years? Three years, yeah. So, like, I, I I think for now, just off principle, he should be pound yeah. for pound number one. And now we get to see him either go back up to 55 and fight Makachev again, which no one's going to complain about that because that fight was... Yes. That is one of the most beautiful fights I've ever seen in my life of just true Technical martial artists just going at it. Two of the best in the world going at it no one's going to complain about them running it, that it, back I, I i mentioned this too to you guys when we were texting back and forth it just trips me out three times he beat max yep and then he beats yair and he's five foot six like he's, he's you, so sh small. you shouldn't imagine him being some good like he should not be able to beat world class strikers at five foot at six. five six and he does yeah consistently yeah no volk is the featherweight goat like he beat jose aldo who was the goat for a long time then it was Max Holloway, who was the GOAT. Three he times. beat him three times. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, just what else he's done, you know, it, throughout that time, and the guys that he's knocked off, and he just continues to build that resume and build that legacy. And uh, he's 34 years old, but he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, Ilya Taporia, they face off after There's the going to get a point, though. I, I don't know, man. Obviously, he might fight Mike Makachev again, but at his weight class right now, I feel like it could, it could just get stale and boring for him. Oh, I mean, if he cleans out Ilya Taporia, then he's done. He has nothing else. Yeah. And Taporia is a little bit further down the list. And that's, why, just, that's why he's tried to go up. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, wanted to get he's ran through everybody. And, and he's still, like, why... He's, he's a star now in the UFC. Like, why does he choose to be so damn active? Just because? For the love of the game? For the love of the game. That's what he was talking about in the post-fight press conference. He was like, I genuinely love doing this. Like, I love this. And yeah. I want, like, he's having a procedure done on his shoulder. And he's like, I'm fighting before the end of the year still. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, I'm man. doing it. Like, uh, you got to have some respect for a Yeah, guy you that, have to that, respect that active that. champions. Izzy's super active. Volk, super active. Like, active champions are what 
is what That's allows the, the UFC to be so good. You have to have champions that are willing to fight. Kamaru Usman was an extremely active champion. He would fight all the time, too. So having guys that will step out there and they don't care who you put in front of them because they know they're that good, you have to have those guys. All right, Kenny, let's get to these uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, y'all got to stick with me on this one. This is topic number two. I'm going to run through the timeline really quick. So in January, former players of Northwestern University uh, football team came out and basically went public with some accusations of hazing within the football program. Um, an outside attorney um, and, and their firm did an investigation into it. A couple of weeks back came with the investigation with the results of it and said basically, yes, this is widespread. Yes, it happened. But the coaching staff didn't know about it. Then the newspaper at Northwestern University published an article where basically another former player came out and said, the coaching staff probably did know about it. Um, the university president then released a statement and said, we focused way too much on uh, the reports finding that they didn't know when we probably should be focusing on the fact that they should have known. Yeah. Today, makes sense. today they fired Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. He's been the coach there for and 17 they, seasons. 17 long, years, yeah, 110 time. and 101. He's the statue coach there. Yep. That's so, what he is. Gabe, this is, I mean, kind of right up your alleyway, right? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I never got hazed in college. Like, the most we would do for hazing at Memphis is they'd throw us up in front of the damn uh, team room and we'd have to sing a song when we're freshmen yeah. in front of the whole team. Okay, who gives a damn? Right. Oh, you're, you have to dance in front of the team. Who gives a damn? Like, they're, they're talking about, like, under center exchanges where they're both naked. They're talking about, like, a, a running situation where if you missed a... a uh, sprint. A sprint, or if you did something wrong at practice, they'd hold you down and they'd wear masks and they'd dry hump you. It's like, what the f what the hell are you doing? What was the, uh, the Why do people do this? And this is not, like, uncommon. I, here's the thing I'll say. I see a lot of people saying this, and I agree with them. Like, this is more widespread than it should be in college football. And they try to say, well, it's, it's so widespread. Like, uh, holding just Pat Fitzgerald accountable doesn't seem fair. At the same time, let's make it not so widespread. Right. Let's make it not a thing. This is the goofiest shit ever. Yeah. It's the goofiest shit I've ever... Like, why do we... Why is that a necessary thing? Like, why do you have to jump guys in? Why do you have to haze them in? It's so dumb. Yeah. And I just can't get over it. Like, just have them sing in front of the team room. You're right. Just do well, do something else. I don't know why you have to get sexual with it. Like, what the hell is the point? What was the when their what car does that do? When their car wash stuff too? Yeah, there's some car wash thing where you had like kids. I'm sorry for even chuckling, but there's like dudes going into the showers and the older guys would be naked and spinning, so you had to rub up against them before you went in the shower. It's just like what the the fuck's going on? Yes. Yeah, sorry for sorry for cussing. I just don't. It, it's frustrating to me. Yeah. Like what? I've never understood the point of jumping people in. I've never understood the people of hazing people in. What does it accomplish besides giving them irreparable damage in their brain right. from when they had to get jumped in? Yeah. And then you pass it down to them, and they feel like they have to do it to the next people, and it's just this cycle. cycle. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's idiotic. Yeah. And like again, the I shouldn't say again, but Northwestern suspended him for two weeks outside of football season. They were going to try to do it. You know, this week and next week. And I thought that, I was like, what does what, what that prove? So you're taking it serious enough to suspend him for two weeks outside of football season, but not serious enough to suspend him for games going right. forward. But then they fire him the next day. Northwestern, I think two things can be true. One, 
No one should be getting hazed, and a coach should have more control over his program and understand what's going on under his nose. And two, I do think Northwestern's sort of higher-ups handled this like garbage. They embarrassed themselves through this process. Like, you suspend him for two weeks, and then... You fire him. You fire him. Yeah. Like, because you get public pressure. Backlash. But, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, ultimately, for Northwestern, if they are convicted about this... They bet they better be damn convicted about firing him because he could come back on the on the back end. Because what did they say, Kenny? They said that the investigation found that they didn't necessarily. He may not have necessarily known. Yeah, that that, that was that the is, whole. Yeah. If that is the truth, he could come back and sue the ever living yeah. hell out of for them. no calls. Because they're going to say they're firing him with cause on the end, and I think he has a fifty million dollar buyout because yeah. he was extended through twenty thirty not too long ago. Right. Like, this could get uglier and uglier. This is just the beginning, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I I can't say much <laughs> yeah, else. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, you, I apologize. You, no, no, no. It's, just, you, it's frustrating. You did a great job of, of summing that up. Um, would you like to... I <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to uh, demonstrate? No, 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 no. We're not doing none of that. None of that. But I... I, I've never oh understood. God. I have never understood. Do you want to do the under center snap? Yeah. I have never understood that. But it, do you like? Have you ever done gone through any type of hazing? No, I haven't. And, and I, I know they they do this at like frats too. I've right. never understood it I was with never, that. I was like, never in a frat. It's but just like, stupid. I get like the singing in front of the team and the, like everyone's gonna get picked on. You and can mess get embarrassed, with and embarrassed every once in but a while. like there's a point where it's like. This is a little bit too far, and this is a lot too far. This is it's super suspect. See, okay, like, <laughs> supposedly, and I'm not. I'm not saying I fully believe it. Although, like, I don't know why it'd be published if it if it if wasn't, it wasn't full, like somewhat true. Like purge masks and dry humping a guy for missing a sprint. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with y'all, man? Like, I would, what goes through your head? I would be more like, okay, if someone like punched him in the face or something. But they <laughs> fights happen all the time, right. In locker rooms, like that's right. that's not an issue. But like, but I, I'll tell you this: if they tried to do that to me, they, they would. They're, they're catching there's somebody. Gonna, there, there is getting. There's gonna be bloody noses and black eyes. And, and if if I don't catch them in the locker room and they. End up doing what they have to do to me. I'm if there's a dorm room, you're breaking I'm, in. I'm breaking oh, that in. Get back, that get, I'm, I, I'm getting my get back. That 100%. get back is gonna be tough. There's bro. no doubt. Yeah. And like, I, I, there's some guys that would be like, you need to handle that in house. Well, if you're trying to handle it in house and you try to bring it to a coach and the coach is doing the whole don't ask, don't yeah. tell thing, what are you gonna do? Are you get you, you would have, have to, to leave? It, well, you could either go public or. Some people would say, well, just leave. Get out of that situation. Right. So I can't go to the school I want because they're dry humping me when right. I miss a freaking sprint? What and, the hell is going on? And then if you're like a, a decent moral person, you're probably thinking, well, I don't want this to happen to other people. Right. You know, like, so it is what it is. I, but I'll, I'll say this. I just want to reiterate. Northwestern better stay convicted in this thing because this could be a pretty substantial court battle settlement. They're going to have to deal with, with some... Uh, some tremors yep. from this this hazing situation. And I like the other part <laughs> that got brought up on my show today. Okay. You make the DC. I think their DC is going to be their uh, head coach now in, on an interim basis. He was there too. He was there. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. The what, whole staff was there. Yeah, what are you doing? It's the same players. Yeah. Like, I guess they're going to have a, what I did here is they're going to have like a third party attendant in the locker room to Which oversee. Which is weird Which is as weird. hell. Weird yeah. as hell. And also, like, if you have to have a third party attendant, why don't you just clear house so right. you can figure it out later? You yeah. know, and then you're basically saying I don't trust anybody I'll, in that locker room. I'll tell you from experience, 
You have a third party attendant in that damn locker room. That dude is catching hell. Oh yeah, every, every day. day. He's yeah. gonna get flamed. Talk about head. purge mask. Yeah, oh, for real. He's gonna get jumped in. He might get hazed. Yeah. For God's sakes. All right, Kenny. From one messy coaching situation <laughs> yeah. to the next, what's the final on the hot three? Well, you talk about you know long term like legal situations for Northwestern. What well, looks like West Virginia's getting into it right now, man. They so are. obviously, you guys had a pretty awesome segment a couple of weeks back about Bob Huggins and just kind of the the stuff that he has done this offseason, just the rough offseason he's had. He ended up resigning, right? Like in a they, they put out West Virginia put out a statement saying that he was resigning. He had talked to his players, this, that, and the third. Well then all of a sudden a law firm reaches back out and says he never actually resigned. Well now Bob Huggins has put out a statement. And I don't even know what to, I mean it's a long I mean <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to he make of it. He said he never it. signed a yeah, resignation. Yeah, they, right. they basically put out a false statement without his name with his name with on his it name but on he it. never yeah, signed. I don't it. believe you, dude. So I don't like, believe you. What do y'all I mean this it's wild. This is messy. It is wild. They put out a statement on June 17th that was supposedly signed by Bob Huggins or whatever. I believe that was uh, that was accepted by Bob Huggins. Yeah. Why, you know how stupid on the back, like West Virginia would have known they opened themselves for litigation if they put out a statement that, that had, wasn't his that or wasn't he hadn't his. signed off on. And it said, I, Bob Huggins, resigned formally yeah. today. But here's what they're saying is that it they, came from his no, wife. Yeah, That statement came from his wife's email to Ren Baker, that's the AD. insane. But then, the wife, <laughs> then there's the assumption that the wife checked it with him or whatever. That's just... This is messy as hell, and yeah. like also, West Virginia screwed the, the lawyers. Bob Huggins wants up. to be reinstated, yeah. right? Brother, I have news for you. It's not gonna happen. You are not gonna coach West Virginia ever again. Yeah, you're not. You said an anti-gay slur twice, twice, not once, twice on Cincinnati radio, Doubled and down. then three weeks later, you, you blew a point two one in a city that you didn't even know you were in. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not going to coach student athletes anymore. I'm sorry. Now I, I I think in the end of the day, if I'm reading through all this, this isn't about him coaching again. This is about him getting money on the way out. Right. The four call fired for cause situation. Right. But how greedy do you have to be? How big of a douchebag do you have? Yeah, to that's be? what I, that's what I, that's where I'm at. Like it, it, at this point in time, with everything that you just mentioned that he's done, and not mentioning his intervehicular garbage can. <laughs> no, he's recycling enthusiast, right, right, according right, right. to his uh, daughter. Um, can we can just we copyright that <laughs> intervehicular garbage can? Intervehicular garbage. That's pretty good. Yep, off the that's dome. good. Um, why not just step out of the way? Why not just look? Greed. Brother. I get it. It's I get greed. it. But Bob Huggins has made plenty of money. He no, is, yeah, but again, it's just it's like there's, there's levels it's, it's to greed, and clearly yes. he's at the he's at, at the, uh, yes. the umpteenth level. But, but it's ridiculous. just like, how do you not see like at the best thing in this time for he keep, in, in that statement he released? He talks a lot about his players and how he cares about the players. And all. if you cared about all that stuff, just step out and yes. let it happen and let every they've. They've already they already have a new coach who's recruiting players, trying to keep players and all this stuff. Interim coach. His, and by the way, this is his what, yeah, this was his lead assistant. Right. Is he is he your friend? Like you're you're you're, you're treating him, him a, like shit. And putting him in a bad situation. Ren Baker, who we like in Memphis. We all like Ren Baker. Yeah. Who just finally like he finally broke through, got the power five AD job. You're treating him like shit through this process. Right. I I I just 
After a 40, 30, 40 plus year career being a great college coach, you're going out like this? Yeah. The like le- this the is legacy your choice? Is this is, it's tarnished. Tarnished. Like it takes a back seat to, every, to everything, to everything else, else. That, that happened on the way out. Like I just. He ain't going to care if he's got an extra 50 mil sitting well, on Cancun how much beaches. Money, how much money does he have right now? Shoot. A lot. Tens of millions of dollars. Absolutely. He couldn't spend it all if he tried. Well, I guess he could. Yeah. But it would be really hard to spend all of it with the remaining you keep life racking he has up DUIs. Left. On his intervehicular garbage can, yeah. he could spend it all. Well, you can only rack up so many DUIs before you can't drive a car anymore. That's also true. But then if you keep <laughs> driving a car, those fines, yeah, well, no, then you'd be in prison and the yes, money wouldn't matter anyway. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I, I just, man. Yeah. It's I, you, a have to, you, have to, you have to be a, you have to be a, a greedy a greedy a-hole. Yeah, I to, agree. To do all this. That's all I can say. And I just... I didn't. Oh, I never have thought that highly of Bob Huggins, but this this puts this his, it way his name in the trash can for yeah. me. Yeah, it's like, messy, man. Very messy. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. Want to give another shout out to Trey Lasley mainly. Uh, walking in with was that some cake? Does he have some food? For I us? think he's got some food. Nice. Hey, this man That's brought exciting. a now we a really got to smorgasbord get out of smorgasbord. Now we really got to get out of here yep. quick. Uh, another shout out to Carmigo for sponsoring on the bluff as we mentioned at the top of the episode head over to the link in the description 350 dollars off full sale fee waived sell your car within 24 hours it is the easiest way to sell your car on the internet if you're still here with us watching listening if you're on youtube subscribe like comment if you're listening subscribe wherever you get your podcast and we will see you guys back here next week thank you for listening to on the bluff If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.